Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And here we go on a Friday. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us. Another busy day to wrap up another busy week. Lots to talk about today. We're going to learn about a new soy-based product, a concrete sealant that can uh, help protect our roads. We'll talk with the CEO of the Indiana Soybean Alliance about that new product. We're also going to get a look at what is the agenda right now for animal rights groups. We'll talk with Hannah thompson Weeman with the uh, Animal Ag Alliance. We have some idea now. The recent meeting took place. We, now we have a better idea of what their agenda is, what they're up to. So we'll get an idea of that a little bit later on. And there's a new president for the National Corn Growers Association, John Linder from Ohio, now taking over the reins of leadership at NCGA. We'll talk with John about his goals for the uh, coming year and also how harvest is going in his area of Ohio. So all that coming up on today's program. But let's start started off with Phil Brasher with AgriPulse Communications. Phil, like everyone else, I guess, this morning you get up uh, and you see the news about the president and the first lady, and you just think, wow, 2020, you just don't know what to expect next, right? No, it just, it just doesn't end. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was just shocking. I, yeah, like you and like your Probably 300 million Americans are the ones that weren't up in the middle of the night. Uh, it's the first thing I saw when I got up this morning. Wow. And all kinds of questions. Yes. To the first family. For sure. And all kinds of questions surrounding that but uh, and its impact on the election and all that. But let's get to some of the other issues at hand here. Uh, we still do not have an agreement on another COVID relief package, right? What, what's the latest? House went ahead and approved something that they know isn't going to pass, but uh, uh, where are we on this? Well, uh, the talks uh, supposedly continue. Uh, the House was, uh, they were expected to, to break yesterday. Uh, or they are, they have their last uh, votes today. They didn't reach a deal yesterday. They went ahead and, and voted on this Somewhat scaled back bill, it's still about $2.2 trillion, a lot of ag uh, provisions in it. Uh, what they described it as, Democrats, Democratic leaders described it as a formal proffer. Uh, they were formalizing their uh, negotiating position, basically. Uh, if there's no deal, it also gives their members something to talk about, although some of the most vulnerable members uh, uh, actually voted against it. Yeah, so is the House then uh, adjourning? Are they going back home? Well, they will. They are supposedly uh, done, uh, supposed to be done, but the Senate's going to be in next week, so we'll see. If they if they do get agreement, they could uh, um, they could uh, still pass it. I'm I'm sure fairly fairly easily. Uh, we'll uh, we'll have to see. Republicans uh, are not going to. There's Republicans in the House that are not going to be excited, obviously, about spending uh, uh, that uh, that uh, Nancy Pelosi and Democrats are going to agree to. So uh, we'll see. Uh, again, the Senate is supposed to be in next week anyway. So we'll, we'll see where this goes today and potentially into the weekend. 
are the ag provisions of the stimulus bill still part of the uh, you know the issue keeping them apart, or is it just the amount of money being no, spent? I, or right, it's the amount of money, and uh, it's it's the issues that have been a problem uh, all along. The level of assistance to state and local governments. That's a high priority Democrats. Uh, Republicans have been trying to limit that. Uh, Republicans were also been pushing for some liability protections for business. Uh, we haven't got not a lot has leaked out from these negotiations. Uh, Speaker Pelosi has just said that they continue. She said this, I uh, believe, uh, like yesterday, that they continue to, to trade paper. It's a proposal back and forth. Uh, it sounds like the Republicans have come up to about $1.6 trillion. Um, the Democrats at $2.2 trillion. Um, and that's, uh, that's, that's where it is. I don't believe the ag, I've heard nothing about the ag provisions being a problem. There is one issue. There is a provision uh, in the uh, uh, in the House, the House Democrat bill that requires uh, uh, congressional notification for disbursement of uh, this uh, funding from credit corporation. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure whether that uh, is causing an issue at all. Uh, there's, you know, there's been this um, uh, resistance by the uh, by USDA and by some Republicans to putting more requirements uh, restrictions on USDA. So yeah, that I find that a very interesting part of all this. Uh, the how this will be handled? Are they going to just give that money to USDA and let them do make the decisions on how it's used, or how many strings will be attached as far as oversight is concerned? Well, right now there are no restrictions. This bill, the continuing resolution that passed uh, passed the Senate on Wednesday to keep the government funded through December 11th. That replenished the CCC account, the $30 billion uh, revolving uh, account that USDA has. There are, no, there are no strings on that, except that they can't give money to oil refiners. Um, that's it. And Republicans won on that issue. So there are no, there are no restrictions. What's in this House bill is, is mostly additional authority uh, targeted at dairy, talk, targeted to livestock and poultry uh, producers, uh, local local ag markets, uh, and the like. And meanwhile, the um, food box program that has been criticized uh, throughout, uh, now there's another layer of criticism, a, a political uh, aspect to it. What A letter going out with the food boxes, is that right? Yes, uh, there's a letter uh, with, with the president's president's name on it. Uh, yeah, it's going to add. You know, you know, given all of this going on with the campaign and everything, I don't think it's going to get a lot of attention. I don't think it's going to get to have much impact on the program. Secretary Purdue said he's it's time to wind down this program, uh, so it's probably getting to that point anyway. But hey, you know what? When I saw that story, and a lot of people just up in arms, how how dare they uh, politicize this food program and put a campaign letter in with a box of food? And my th- my thought was, if you needed the food, you're not going to care much about the letter anyway. I mean, it, it's not going to bother you. You want the food. You need the food. That's what's important, what, whether there's a letter in it or not. 
<laughs> that's, that's probably the case, yeah. But the times in which we live in this particular year, in this moment, everything is so highly uh, you know, politically charged and motivated, so there's a lot of reaction, it seems like, to everything. All right, Phil, thanks a lot, yeah. and we'll see if okay. they come up with anything yeah. on the relief bills. Okay. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Phil yeah. Brasher okay. with AgriPulse Communications, uh, joining us from Washington, D.C. All right, up next, a new soy-based concrete sealant. We're going to find out about this new product, how it was developed, and what's the market potential for soybean growers. We'll talk about that next right here on AOA. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. About 80% of farmers use propane to dry their grain. If you're part of that 80%, you know a dryer filled with propane distributes heat and dries grain more evenly. With FS Propane, you can increase harvest quality, improve productivity, and lower fuel cost. Propane from FS ensures dependable supply. FS offers services and flexible, convenient payment programs to help keep your mind on your business while they manage your propane tank and supply. For grain drying, choose FS Propane. FS Propane brings the heat. Recently, on Adams on Agriculture, EPA Administrator Wheeler has declared atrazine management tools safe for continued use in controlling weeds. As we talk with Gary Marshall, CEO of the Missouri Corn Growers and chair of the Triazine Network, uh, this is an important step, isn't it? It's a seven-year process. The good news is EPA followed the science and they made the right decision. I have often said I can't think of any other product that has been reviewed as many times as atrazine has been over the years. The product's been around for 70 years. It has more than 7,000 studies that the EPA has taken a look at over time. Numerous science advisory panel meetings by the EPA, some of the best scientists in the world reviewing the product. And the good news is they've determined that the product is safe. So that leaves another major, major tool in the farmer's toolbox to help control weeds in corn, grain, sorghum, and in a variety of other crops. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Meet Keith, loving dad, board game champ, bus driving pro. I drive 65,000 miles in my bus each year. If people knew what I know, lives could be saved. Like how there are some things I simply can't see. On my route the other day, a car tried to sneak past me and ends up right in my blind spot. I turned slowly, so I accidentally avoided. But no car should be in the blind spot for a 40,000 pound bus. It's our roads. It's our safety. Visit www.sharetheroadsafely.gov. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. 
Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. I am continually amazed at the number of soy-based products that continue to be developed. Uh, a lot of Chekhov-funded research helps uh, c- develop these new products, and it's amazing uh, the different uses, different ways that the soy can be used. We have another one we want to talk about now, a new soy-based concrete sealant protecting roads in the United States. Let's talk about that now with Courtney Kingery. She is the Indiana Soybean Alliance CEO. Courtney, thank you for joining us. Tell us about this new product and how it came about. Hi, good morning, Mike. It's great to talk with you. Yeah, as you mentioned, soybeans can be used in a lot of different ways, a lot of different products. There's more than a thousand soy-based products currently on the market, everything from flooring, roofing, candles, carpets, and Pore Shield is the recent, the most recent addition to that soybean uh, product family. So what it is, it is a concrete durability enhancer. It's 95% soybean oil, and it's pretty brilliant in its simplicity in that it, it gets sprayed on old or new concrete surfaces, and it penetrates into the pores of the concrete to protect them from the damaging elements like salt, freeze thaw, um, that typically will break down concrete. So is this going to be tested in a limited basis at first, or, or how will it be uh, rolled out? Yep. So we've been developing this product here in Indiana. This was developed through a collaboration with Indiana Soybean Alliance, Purdue University, and the Indiana Department of Agriculture. We have been working on the get this product adopted in Indiana for many years. And now that we've gained adoption in Indiana, we're now partnering with the United Soybean Board to drive its use nationally and nationwide. So what this product does, it does two things. You know, we've talked a little bit about how it can uh, protect concrete, and that's everything from roads and bridges, um, which is really the infrastructure that farmers need to get their soybeans to market. So it protects that infrastructure, which is important for market access and profitability. But it also creates new markets and new demand for soybean farmers. So as I said, it's every gallon is 95% soybean oil. Um, let me give you some, some statistics here so that you can think about how, mm-hmm. how important this is to creating some demand for soybean farmers. In Indiana, for example, where we've started this project, if we were to protect every bridge in Indiana with pore shield, it's about 328,000 bushels of soybeans that'll be used on Indiana's bridges. Now, if we take this across your listeners, which you've got, you know, around 11 states there, that's over three and a half million bushels of soybeans that'll be used to protect the infrastructure, the bridges, uh, to keep the markets open for farmers. So it's a great product and project partnering with the United Soybean Board to take this from our local wins within Indiana, really taking it out nationally to create the demand for soybeans and also protect the infrastructure to ensure that 
farmers can get their soybeans to market. Yeah, a lot of potential there. We're talking with Courtney Kingery, Indiana Soybean Alliance CEO. Courtney, how long has this product been in development? Um, It started in 2008. The Indiana Department of Transportation came to Purdue University to seek a solution uh, to solve highway joint failures um, and to protect bridges. And from 2008 to now, uh, Purdue, Indiana Soybean Alliance, Indiana Department of Transportation has been working to bring this product to, to market, and we're really reaching that critical mass now. Um, to really take it out now nationally. It's been a long road, uh, but the results are really worth it when we look at the opportunity for for the demand and also just the way we're able to protect our infrastructure and our infrastructure um, investments there and really protect those roads and bridges. Those that have been trying it out, using it, what are they saying? It's They're saying a couple different things. Um, easier to go down, uh, faster to go down. We've been working with some of the um, folks here in Indiana, some of the supervisors, that it's incredibly easy to go down. It sprays and goes down. They don't have to wear their uh, PPEs, their protective, personal protective equipment. Um, one of the supervisors here in Indiana, when they were putting it down on some bridges, he had estimated around three days to coat the bridges, he got it done in about a day and a half, day to day and a half. So it is a tremendous labor savings uh, for the DOT teams as they're putting this down, and they're really impressed with the durability. Our studies show that it can protect the bridges and roadways for up to 10 years. So it's really a long-term solution uh, for these municipalities and for the cities and the departments of transportation around the country. Easy to use, good value, long-lasting. It's, it's the trifecta. Yeah, and at first I was thinking primarily of the Midwest uh, where we have the you know the winters and you're putting salt on roads and bridges. Uh, so obviously it uh, would be very helpful in the Midwest. But, I'm, but then I got thinking, well, even on the, on the coast, right, when you're around uh, oceans and you have the, uh, the salt water the, from the oceans, uh, I'm sure that's uh, corrosive to roads and bridges, so it would help there too. Absolutely. Um, you know, salt is not only a Midwest problem, but exactly as you say, around the coast with the salt water, it's, it's also an issue and a challenge that those crews are facing. So the solution is the same. Um, of the application of pore shield because it does. It protects against the salt, the corrosion of it, and forms this barrier, this flexible barrier within the pores of the concrete to really keep the salt out of the concrete. And it's salt from roads, you know, for winter treatment, and it's salt from salt water along the coast as well. How long do you think before this is available nationwide? Well, we're currently working with several departments of transportation to get it approved and into theirs. So we, it's currently in the process of being available nationwide. We're focusing on two areas right now, being roads and bridges, but it's also available for home consumer use and builders. So for example, um, sidewalks and home patios and driveways. 
So it's even available in consumer size um, for home use and construction use. And so we're, we're partnering up to take it out nationally. You can go to our website, coreshield.com. That's P-O-R-E-S-H-I-E-L-D.com to learn more about the product, find suppliers of it, and we're ready to rock and roll with this. All right. And you said earlier, what, over a 1,000 or around a 1,000 uh, now soy-based products that have been developed? Absolutely. Um, a 1,000 soy-based products. Um, you know, a lot of folks are familiar with soy candles, for example, um, but also carpets, um, uh, roofing products, flooring. Um, we've got a project, another project with the United Soybean Board and the Colts that artificial turf is being made uh, from soybean products. So working with the cults on, on uh, promoting the artificial turf made from soybeans. So folks, as they're going throughout their day, um, really are t- touching soybean products throughout the day and don't even maybe necessarily know mm-hmm. it. So soybeans that come from the fields of your listeners are, are literally in products all around them and all over the world. It's an amazing story, but it takes a lot of uh, research, a lot of development to, to get these products, though. Absolutely. Like I said with Poor Shield, this started as an idea in 2008 and a challenge in 2008 by the Indiana Department of Transportation, and it took a lot of research and a lot of investment. And that's where the investment uh, of the soybean farmers to invest back into new products, new markets, and new areas is so important and our partnership with the United Soybean Board and really the the soybean farmers across the nation to continue to develop those new markets, those new products, and those new uses and investing into the future demand of soybeans. Yep, that's a good story, good news to share. We And it's nice to have some good news. Courtney, thank you very much. Mike, thank you. It's been great and a safe harvest uh, to all of your listeners out there. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Courtney Kingery, Indiana Soybean Alliance CEO, a new soy-based product, Pore Shield, that uh, help protect our roads and bridges. Up next, we'll get a look at the agenda, what's going on with these animal rights groups. We'll get the latest next here on AOA. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. Adams on Agriculture prides itself on bringing top leaders in the egg industry right to your radio speakers. AOA wants to continue that conversation right to your fingertips. Follow AOA on Twitter at AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams himself at the handle Mike Adams Egg. You will receive real-time highlights of the show and keep up with which convention or industry meeting AOA is attending. That's AOA underscore talk show and Mike Adams Egg. We hope to see you online. 
Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. We've seen mixed activity in the grain and oil seed sector early on this Friday trading session. Fractional changes being seen in corn and soybean futures an hour into the day. Soybean oil futures are trending lower once again, following a move lower in crude oil futures. But in soybean futures, the new crop November down just a quarter of a cent at 10.23 and a quarter. January down a quarter of a cent at 10.26 and three quarters of a cent. Soybean meal a dollar seventy to two dollars and forty cents higher per ton. But soybean oil trending 59 to 63 points lower. In corn, December down three quarters of a cent, 3.82 near unchanged. March down a quarter of a cent at 391 and three quarters. In Chicago wheat, December up two and a quarter at 572 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat, December down a quarter of a cent at 506 and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat, December penny and a quarter higher at 543 and three quarters. March up a penny and a quarter at 548. Livestock at the Merck in live cattle futures, October down 45 at 108.07, December at $111 per hundredweight, down 85. Feeder cattle, November down $1.60 at 139.65. Lean hog futures, October $1.15 higher, 75.35 per hundredweight. On Wall Street, the Dow down 231 points, S&P down 23. You're listening to AOA. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private Healthcare is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is 35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. Well, let's get an update on some of the activities of these animal rights groups. Uh, Joining us now is Hannah Thompson-Weeman. She is with the Animal Ag Alliance, Vice President of Communications. Hannah, thank you for joining us. I'm assuming these animal rights groups are are not uh, taking any time off during the pandemic. 
we have seen activism honestly explode over the past six months. Animal rights activist groups are never going to let a good crisis go to waste from their own perspective. They are viewing everything that has gone on as a huge opportunity to continue to spread negative information or misinformation about animal agriculture, even claiming that farming is somehow responsible for the current pandemic and will cause future public health issues. So they have not taken any bit of a break. They have not missed a beat. Unfortunately, they have really ramped up their efforts to target animal agriculture over the past six months. I know you monitor these events closely, and there was a recent conference that kind of gave us an idea of what these groups are up to. Well, just like a lot of us in agriculture and really every industry have had to take our events virtual this year, so have animal rights activist groups. But that hasn't stopped us at the Alliance from issuing our reports from several different activist conferences over the summer and into the fall Most recently, we just issued a report from the Humane Society of the United States and their virtual Taking Action for Animals conference. Uh, This group is very active legislatively, so of course that was a big focus of the conference, talking about how they can use the legislative process to put policies in place that limit and really impact the way that we raise animals for food. Uh, And then also a lot of discussion about promoting plant-based options and trying to make those the only options, convincing uh, restaurant brands and other food service establishments to increase. And ultimately, of course, HSUS's objective is for them to only serve plant-based options. Uh, So there's really no shortage of activist tactics that we're seeing being used against all of us. And it's something that farmers and ranchers need to be aware of. Yeah, and let's talk about the the plant-based products, plant-based meat products. We know that they're more visible now. They're more, um, you know, on more on more menus, and we see more of them in the uh, in the grocery store. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't be there. I mean, we have a right of uh, a choice in this country, and people can choose what they want. Uh, but as you said, HSUS and these groups are they want to eliminate meat products real meat products and just go all plant-based, right? I think that's a really important distinction to make, and that's certainly the viewpoint of the Alliance as well. There is no issue at all with more options being available to consumers, and certainly if um, eating a plant-based option or a meat alternative appeals to a consumer, that is all well and good. Uh, Soybean farmers are farmers as well, so we want to support their products too. But the issue comes into how these products are marketed and how they're promoted. And unfortunately, activist groups are really latching on to these alternative proteins, uh, again, because they want to see them being the only option out there for animal rights groups. It's not an and proposition. uh, It's a replacement. They want animal products to be off the shelf and those plant-based or cell cultured or whatever they may be options to be the only thing available to consumers. And they're very upfront about that. There's been discussions at previous animal rights conferences where they very clearly said that this is a stepping stone. Getting these options on the menu is the first step in order to have restaurants and retailers offer only vegan products. So we have to be very vigilant about that and respond to that misinformation when it comes to how these products are being promoted. And a lot of that comes down to sustainability. Activist groups are claiming that animal agriculture is detrimental for the environment and that these plant-based options are going to be um, better for our planet. And that's really not the case. 
We know that animal agriculture in the U.S. is responsible for less than 4% of greenhouse gas emissions, and that's according to the EPA. So we're already a small piece of the pie, and we're continuing to be more and more efficient. And that's a story that we've really got to keep telling. We're talking with Hannah thompson Weeman, uh, Vice President of Communications for the Animal Ag Alliance, as we, we look at... Uh, what's going on with animal rights groups out there and their agenda. Uh, They're also still going after production practices for livestock producers. We have seen activist groups like the Humane Society really use two routes to limit the production practices that farmers are able to use. Uh, The first and probably the older tactic is legislation. So trying to get legislation passed either by ballot initiative or all the way down to local ordinances at the city or local municipality level that impact animal agriculture. And their goal there is to set a precedent uh, that they can use to encourage other areas and larger and larger levels of government to implement similar regulations that, again, limits our ability to use production practices that are widespread across the industry. So things like gestation stalls um, for sows, things like uh, cages for laying hens in the egg industry. And right now it's all about growth rates in the broiler chicken industry. So they purposely target practices that are, again, very widespread, used across the majority of the industry to try to get those banned to make production less efficient and drive up costs. Now, in addition to legislation, more recently, we've seen groups turn to pressuring restaurant and retail brands to make certain policies for their supply chain, because they know if some of those big mover and shaker brands make policies, it's going to be a lot quicker uh, than trying to get legislation passed. So those are the two methods we've really seen, and those are continuing. Again, make no mistake, despite the challenges that retailers and restaurants have gone through over the past six months, activists are not giving them a break. They are still getting the letters, still getting the petitions, pressuring them to change their policies for their supply chain. You know, and that one, well, they're both concerning, but that one is really concerning because we've seen it happen. They put pressure on restaurants or food companies, and those companies wanting to look, uh, you know, as good as they can to their customers or potential customers or trying to show that they're really in touch with concerns and needs that they're out there about care for animals. So then they make these changes, uh, you know, trying to appease people. And I think that is a big concern because let's face it, these groups like HSUS, they're not really, their goal isn't about better care for animals. They just want livestock production and eating meat and, and meat products, uh, animal-based products, they want those things uh, done away with altogether, right? That's their goal to eliminate that. Some of these groups will position themselves or represent themselves as professional or moderate or being concerned about animal welfare. But make no mistake, the end goal is promoting animal rights, which is, of course, very different from the concept of animal welfare, which is near and dear to all of our hearts in animal agriculture. Uh, So they see attacking certain practices, again, it's a stepping stone. It's not really about that practice. It's about making production less efficient, driving up costs, And they're just going to come back later and keep moving the goalposts, keep moving that further and further until production is just ultimately not sustainable and our consumers can't afford to purchase animal products. Uh, So that is really their end game here. And unfortunately, they are very aggressively targeting restaurant and retail brands and trying to say that they speak for consumers when they really don't. This is a very small percentage of the population we're talking about here that has these extreme viewpoints, but they are excellent at making themselves sound very loud and very intimidating to try to get their way. 
Yeah, big distinction between animal welfare and animal rights, and we wanted to point that out and remind people of that. And finally, Hannah, where are these groups in their fundraising? Has has that slowed any during the pandemic, or are they still bringing in big bucks? These groups are still extremely well-funded. We just ran a comparison pretty recently based on their previous year's tax returns for a lot of these groups that are nonprofits, and they are bringing in annually to the tune of $550 million. And that is not certainly every group out there. The Alliance has profiles on more than 170 different activist organizations, uh, but the major ones are, again, bringing in millions upon millions of dollars. So it's just a reminder to all of us in animal agriculture of really what we're up against and why it's so essential that we're making sure we reach our consumers and influencers with accurate information about what we do every day and our commitment to being good neighbors, good stewards of the land, and good caretakers to our livestock and poultry. Yeah, I think these are important things for our livestock producers to be aware of and for consumers because these groups basically want to take away the consumer's choice of these food products. That's really what it's about. It's limiting choice, taking options off the shelf, which is really frustrating, especially when a lot of the options they're attacking, like conventionally produced eggs, are really affordable sources of protein. So again, it's making things less affordable, forcing our consumers to have to make tough choices uh, about what they're purchasing. And that's really the end game is taking options away from people. So we in animal agriculture, we will raise our animals. We will get them to you any way you'd like uh, to purchase them if you're willing to pay for whatever the added costs are. And that's the total opposite of activist groups. They want options to go away and limit the choices that you're able to make. Yeah, and again, they're they're saying they're trying to convince people not only is their way uh, protecting the animals, but also protecting the environment. So it's important for uh, the livestock uh, community, livestock producers, and agriculture to get their message out there and get the facts out there. Yes, absolutely. We need to be present in our communities, on social media, presenting to local civic organizations, visiting schools, anything we can do to make sure we're putting a face on animal agriculture in our communities. And everyone knows they can come to us with questions and concerns. And we're really making sure that the only voice they're hearing out there is not that level of negativity. So you might not be in communications, it might not be in your job description, but we need your voice and we need you to be part of this conversation. Hannah, thank you so much for bringing us up to date on these things, making us, making us aware of what's going on. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. and happy to do it anytime. Take care. Hannah Thompson-Weeman, Vice President of Communications for the Animal Ag Alliance. All right, up next, we'll talk with the new president of the National Corn Growers Association. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that 
Project Winter Coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover keytar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Neil Armstrong waited six hours and 39 minutes to step onto the surface of the moon. Jackie Robinson waited 20 months to play his first game with the Brooklyn Dodgers. And even DiCaprio had to wait 22 years to win an Oscar. You can wait until your destination. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. There's a reason more than a billion feet of ADS farm tile lies beneath America's heartland. It's simple. We build trust. Since 1966, farmers and their families have trusted ADS products to improve yields and create longer growing seasons. From lift stations to water control structures, ADS Agriculture has everything you need for total ag water management solutions. For everyone out there feeding the world, we wish you all a safe and happy harvest. When you think of home, you think of warmth, comfort, and peace of mind. And that's exactly what you get when you choose propane from FS. With propane from FS, you get our well-trained professional staff, along with an array of products and services designed to ensure that your propane system is functioning properly and efficiently. Add to this a variety of convenient terms and ways to save money, and you've got the right solution to all your home energy needs. Contact your local FS propane specialist today. FS Propane. Feels like home. Visit fspropane.com. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, Andrew Bailey, National Pork Producers Council, Science and Technology Legal Council, funding for ag inspectors. Where does that stand? Well, unfortunately, um, that was uh, compensation for those, you know, appropriations for the uh, Customs and Border Protection ag inspectors was not included in the version of the continuing resolution that the House passed. Obviously, that still has to go to the Senate, um, and, and we're hoping that we can, you know, mobilize producers, not just pork producers, but all ag producers to contact their senators and say, uh, this is a this is an integral program. It's incredibly vital for American agriculture. There's a $1 trillion ag industry in America, and our first line of defense to keep uh, foreign diseases and pests out are those ag inspectors. And when that funding starts to dry up in the next couple of weeks, something's got to be done to keep them on the job and not furloughed. I wish I had better news on that, but we're still fighting the good fight. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture.
These are the sounds of a dinner. A dinner that almost didn't happen. A dinner now served thanks to people like you. Due to COVID-19, 17 million more Americans may face hunger. Feeding America is helping our neighbors in need. And if you're able, you can too. Donations are being accepted at feedingamerica.org slash coronavirus. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Well, let's talk with the new president of the National Corn Growers Association, John Linder from Ohio. John, congratulations. How does it feel as you assume the leadership of NCGA? Thanks, Mike. I really appreciate that. It feels uh, larger than life. It really does. It's uh, kind of one of those things where you never quit thinking about it for a while, and you go to bed with it, and you wake up with it. Well, I know that uh, it's been a busy past year. Uh, Kevin Ross had as president. Uh, he didn't get everything solved. He, he he left a few things for you to work on, right? He, he laid some paths for me to get there, though, so that's really good. But, yes, uh, you know, our work is never done. If it, if it was, uh, boy, I don't know what we would uh, be doing if we didn't have this to do, but I don't see that happening. I think uh, long-term we're we're around to work on behalf of the farmer for many many years to come what are your goals for this coming year you know one would be wrong if they didn't uh divulge into our strategic plan and and really look at at what really is set uh, forth by our delegate body and and the board from that and it's going to be demand i mean it's in the strategic plan and rightfully so in in this current environment that that's where we need to go so we're going to leave no stone unturned as we look for opportunities to put our fellow farmers our corn industry into a better place to recover and grow from this obviously ethanol is a huge issue uh you've had some successes this past year but uh, still some challenges big challenges ahead you know ethanol is uh Anyone that uh, has ever got engaged with uh, corn growers, ethanol's uh, just front and center on most everything we do. It has has ties to everything. Our traditional markets, the livestock, you know, the feed, the the exports, uh, all all of the above are important to farmers. But uh, ethanol has has been really uh, how do I want to say it's really has been to the front because there's just opportunities and yet. Uh, hurdles every day so every opportunity is faced with uh, an obstacle and you know we really have a lot of work to do in advocacy but really really pleased to have the next generation fuels act uh introduced into the u.s house last week that's uh yeah. that's a move in the right direction a lot of potential there uh transportation issues environmental issues i mean as you say there there are a lot of different fronts you'll be working on Yes, you know, it's we've we've developed a uh, a process for which we're going to look at uh, expediting the uh, opportunities that we can find for the 
recovery, and we're calling it our recovery plan. And so we've engaged uh, members from all all of those uh, purchases of corn that we could actually engage and come together and work through a process and try to identify where those opportunities lie. And some will be short-term, and that is a short-term goal just to find anything that uh, the base hits that we can find. And, and yet it, we also know that it's a longer-term lift for which we're after because it's about sustainability and yeah we can say sustainability is critical to um, the marketplace for u.s corn as we look outside the country as well as inside the corn so all all of it ties together really really kind of nicely and we're really fortunate to have our our states and the farmers that contribute to the checkoff to come along with us you know we have great assets and people but it takes dollars to get the work done, so really appreciative of everything that the farmers pull together for us. I should also point out and give credit to your organization because you have actively sought out um, partnerships with other groups, sometimes groups that you wouldn't think maybe ag groups would be, be partnering with, but you, you've built coalitions uh, to try to address issues. Yes, I would agree. Uh, I appreciate you recognizing that because it it's the non-traditional partners that are going to be important to us into the future. And, you know, if you can get someone else to tell your story and, and share share what the burdens are with agriculture and all the great things we do, you know, corn is, is a sustainably grown product and it has a, a place in being a feedstock for for everything that uh, bioplastics, you name it, any any type of new use in that regard, and so it, it takes those folks that are non-traditional partners to to help us uh, carry the water on on uh, people looking at uh, you know a renewable source such as corn. So yeah, it's a critical piece. We recognize that, uh, and smartly we're looking for those opportunities going forward as well. And, of course, part of your challenge will be communicating and working with everyone uh, during a pandemic. You know, you can't have, right now anyway, the face-to-face contact that you would like to do. Hopefully, we will be able to get to do that soon. You know, that is, folks have asked me what I'm really looking forward to. Well, you know, finding opportunities to uh, recover and grow the corn growers' uh, economic in this country. But I got to be truthful. You you said something that is so meaningful. Everybody is just looking forward as we work together to finally do some of that work face to face and have those uh, exchanges. It's, it's a difficult thing to bring energy to a Zoom meeting. It happens. We're learning how to do it. But boy, when you're face to face, you can just build upon one another, and and right. the inspiration of that is immeasurable. Real quick, how's harvest going there in Ohio? Slow. You know, the Northwest, they're moving right along. But uh, here in central Ohio, we've run about 25 acres of beans in two different fields, didn't finish either. Uh, 2.1 maturities that uh, we used to finish up uh, where the rest of them are group threes and most of what we grow are group threes. Uh, still the yellow spots, we're just waiting for them to mature and corn was planted late. Uh, we bumped right up against Crumpshire State, so it'll be well for the corn as well. But it looks good, so we're thankful. All right. Well, have a safe harvest, and congratulations again. We look forward to working with you this year as your as your year as president of National Corn Growers. Thanks, John. So everybody be safe, safe and healthy out there. Thank you.
All right, take care. John Linder from Ohio, the new president of the National Corn Growers Association. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe. Talk to you on Monday.